Welcome to Making the Magic, a podcast talking about all things Disney, Universal and beyond. This week we're talking about the Magic Kingdom at Disney World and sharing our must-do attractions. I'm Amanda. And I'm Martin, so it's going to be slightly different this week, isn't it, Amanda? We've both chosen five attractions that we personally must do every time we go to Magic Kingdom and we haven't shared notes and we don't know what's on each of us lists yet so it's gonna be interesting to see what's made your list and what's made my list. Yeah I doubt that we're gonna have the same things I mean we might have done we might have duplicated but based on the kinds of things that we like to do we like quite different things so I think we're gonna just choose five completely different things but we'll see. We shall see. And usually I prefer the more sort of thrill rides, whereas I remember when you came over to visit in Disneyland Paris last January, I think your favourite ride was the bench while I was holding the bags while we were on the rides. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <laughs> my mum has a thing that she calls the restrooms her favourite ride. I'll look after the bags and go to my favourite ride whilst you guys go on Tower of Terror or something. Yeah, no, I do a little people watching, I have to admit. A little bit of uh, sitting on a bench and uh, taking it all in. But yeah, I'm more into yeah the slower rides, the shows, that kind of thing. Whereas I know you're more into roller coasters, so... Yeah, I think we'll be quite different. And we should say as well, we've had a guess of what each other has chosen. So you better not have gone off piste and just chosen, you know, it's a small world or something and gone completely out of character. These are genuinely my top five rides that I would do in uh, Magic Kingdom. I checked with my sister who's been over with me probably four or five times in Magic Kingdom, maybe more. And we both actually had quite a similar list and we both like similar rides. And when she sent me over her list, I went, yeah, that's definitely your top five. And when I sent her over mine, she went, yep, that's your top five. So I'm not trying to trick you. These are genuinely my top five attractions. So Randa's going to start off. And then what we're going to do is if we've both chosen the same attraction, then we'll talk about that one together. I find it really difficult to choose just five. There's so many attractions that I love in the Magic Kingdom. So I decided to approach it. Would I be disappointed if I didn't get to do this? It's almost like not my favourite. They are, I mean, they are my favourite rides, but they're things that I, on most visits, I would try and do these. So it's not like I want to do them over and over again on the same day, but I would want to include them when I go to the Magic Kingdom. So the first one I've chosen is Peter Pan's Flight. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I really so, like that ride as well. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not on your list then, no? It's not on my list. It is really great. Obviously, they've got it in the other parks around the world as well, so it's been on different versions. But yeah, it's one of those ones that I do every single time. I go on through Fast Pass, though, because I find the queue very slow. Yeah, it's such a slow ride. I wouldn't be queuing. You see it sometimes middle of the day, 90-minute wait. Like, I definitely would not be doing that. But also, I never Fast Pass this either because I think... A really lovely part of it is the queue. So it's got the interactive queue, takes you through the Darling House, you go through the nursery, you can see Tinkerbell. There's lots of interactive things. You can see your shadows on the walls. You can try and ring the bells. And I, I think it's absolutely beautiful, just that part of it before you even get on the ride. I would always head straight here. When I arrive in the Magic Kingdom, I am heading straight for Peter Pan because I don't want to wait but I do want to do the walkthrough interactive queue. Completely agree with that. Uh, it's just that we've always done Fast Pass for this ride. It, I think it's probably my sister's, one of her favourite rides. Peter Pan's her favourite film, so we always do this. I love the film, I love the ride, but it's a three-minute ride. So 
yeah, if you're not going to be there and be able to go on that ride straight when you open, then definitely, yeah, I would recommend getting a fast pass, you know, if they're operational. But otherwise, yeah, straight first thing in the morning. So you're going to walk through the interactive queue area to board your pirate galleon and follow Peter Pan as he beckons you to join him on a flight of a lifetime. And you'll notice when you sit in your pirate galleon, so the seats two comfortably, you know, maybe three at a push if it's small children, the cast member invites you to sit down. And then there's going to be a lap bar that comes down. And a really nice touch is you don't pull the lap bar down. The cast member sprinkles pixie dust over the top of it so that it yes, yes. gradually falls down on you. So like that before we even begun. So then you're going to enter the nursery. You're going to see the children sleeping. And you're going to fly over Nana the dog in her kennel. And then up and away you go over the streets of London. You're going to follow the second star to the right and then you're into Neverland. It's a dark ride. It's a classic Disney dark ride. You are up in the air, but you don't really notice that. And you're going very slowly over the scenes. First of all, the mermaids. And then you see the Captain Hook has captured Peter Pan and the children. You see the ticking crocodile, Captain Hook and Smee at the end. And then you're off. Yeah, so really short and you're done. But that has to make my top five must-dos at the Magic Kingdom. It's a really great attraction. It's not in my top five, but it is something that I pretty much always try and do when I go to Magic Kingdom. No height restrictions, all ages, babies, anybody can go on the ride. It's quite dark. I don't think people generally would feel scared because there aren't really any scary scenes, but I suppose it's just to, if you have got children who are scared of the dark, you need to prepare them or it might not be the ride for them. Yeah, if they've been on Haunted Mansion, then they could be absolutely fine. But it might be a good way of trying them out on some sort of like the darker kind of rides before building up to sort of Haunted Mansion. So, yeah, there could be a good ride for them to start with. Yeah, at least if they are a bit nervous, it's not going to last very long. No, it's, it's, it's a couple of minutes, if that. And I've been on all the versions around the world. And so it's something that I would queue up for and do. It's really great. Okay, so what's your first one? Okay, so my first one, you probably can guess this, it's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So we're staying in Fantasyland. Yeah, I thought you might guess that one. So this is a relatively new roller coaster. And if you've been on Big Thunder Mountain, it's quite similar in the family roller coaster, immensely themed. So you do feel like you are part of the movie and that you've gone down into the Seven Dwarfs Mine and you're there. They've got these brand new next generation animatronics so they look so lifelike you've been on the old ride the snow white scary adventure or you've been on it in anaheim or in paris they've got the nice kind of figures and that but these look so much more realistic and they've got the more facial expressions that move it's a great roller coaster because it also swings as well a mine would so like the carriages on a mine the carts swing from side to side so you've got not only you going around but you're also swinging a little bit as well have you done this one amanda yeah i have i've done this oh. ride several times it hasn't made my top five but no i have done it and it's a really lovely ride it's not too thrilling so it's fine for me it's got a nice interactive queue the same different to peter pan but an interactive queue but yeah you'd want to be getting a fast pass for this one wouldn't you yeah i've never actually gone through the regular queue i've always done it through fast pass it usually has one of the longest queues within magic kingdom and also when fast passes are available they usually are probably the quickest fast passes to go within magic kingdom those are the most sort of sought after ones when i was there for my birthday three or four years ago we had planned to spend the day in Magic Kingdom and we were so lucky we managed to get 
fast passes for seven dwarfs mine train so that was like a real highlight for me for the day there's another version of it over in shanghai which i've been on as well and from what i could tell it's pretty much exactly the same sort of carbon copy but when you come in at the end and you've got the cottage on the right hand side yep. and then you can see the dwarfs inside the the actual original animatronics from the original ride so when they were taking the old attraction down they didn't want to use them within the mine scenes because they got these new ones but you just go past it and usually you roll in reasonably quickly or you might stop there for a couple of seconds so you don't notice them for as long so they didn't have to be the same sort of similar new age ones to what you get within the actual mine so yeah it's a cool little disney fact there yeah i think that probably does make most people's top fives judging by yeah the length of the queues and how quickly the fast passes go and yeah, if people are not heading for Peter Pan, they're all going over to the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I think the thing is, it's so visible in Fantasyland as well, because the outside areas where the mine train is coming through, you can see from, you know, as you're walking through Fantasyland. So if you're there with your children, and you're thinking, oh, we couldn't get the fast pass, and we know it's a long, we just won't tell them about it. They're going to see it. The bit where it comes outside, I think does look quite spectacular. A few screams going on from people, it would make you want to go and do it. Yeah, and it takes your photo, but it also takes a video of you as well, which yes, is really yeah, cool. I've, yeah, we've got yeah. several of those videos of us on that, right? Yeah. yeah. What's your second option? So I've gone with the show, Mickey's Magic. Very tame, again, all ages show. It's a sit-down theatre show. So that's good because on a nice hot day, you can go and have a nice, cool sit-down. And it's a good, like, 10, 12-minute show. It's a 3D show, so you pick up your glasses as you go in. There's a nice little waiting area. Let's say your 3D glasses. They're your opera glasses. Yeah. So you put those on when you sit down. It's a huge theatre, actually. It's got a massive 150-foot-wide screen, 180-degree wrap around so when the show starts the curtains come back a little bit more and you can really see how huge that screen is seats nearly 500 people so you're never really going to get a queue the wait is going to be waiting for the last show to finish and then you're going to be straight in when it first opened it was really popular used to get really long waits for it but these days yeah you're going to be pretty much straight in it's highlights from all my favorite disney films you've got all the music so you've got beauty and the beast you've got lion king you've got peter pan you've got little mermaid and it's just a really enchanting show the 3d effects are amazing i mean i defy anybody when you've got the little mermaid theme ariel spills some jewels that she's got and they they come towards you and everybody reaches out to try and touch them because it does look so real and some other little special effects sometimes they work sometimes they don't but get smells coming towards you of the food that's on the screen might get a little tiny bit wet when there's some water effects that come out and get you so it's a really immersive experience and yeah one for all the family I used to go when my kids were little and they loved it and it is one of our must-dos that I still make them uh, yeah go and see every time we go <laughs> I think because it's music it's one of those things that even if you don't speak English you can still go and enjoy it because the music it's a musical pretty much isn't it there's a story that goes through it. And although it's Mickey's Villar Magic, it's actually Donald that features in the story. And then right at the end, you have to remember to turn your head and look in the back of the theatre to see another really cool special <laughs> effect. Yeah, that is really funny, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, you've got this show over in Paris, haven't you? Yeah, because it was added in, the same as when they added it into Anaheim, it's not in a 
purpose-built theatre. It's in an, a theatre that's had other things in it before, so it doesn't have that last effect and the screen isn't as big because it's from a different show originally. If you've been to the one in Orlando, don't expect it to be as themed. At the moment, they kind they put it into Anaheim as well because basically it's a bit of a people eater. They hold a lot of people. It's great for when it's raining as well. You can just go in and then you can go watch a really good show. You can get out of the rain and it sort of soaks up a lot of people. From Disney's point of view, it's a great show. And in Orlando also opens out into a gift shop. It does, yes. Yeah, most of the rides do, they say you're straight <laughs> out into the gift shop. But then, yeah, spills you out just by Peter Pan and then, yeah, on you go. Do you know what Disney's technical term for when a show finishes and then all the people come out? No, what's that? It's called a post-show dump. Oh, right. I think it doesn't quite have the same meaning in American as it maybe no, does in, no. in English. <laughs> on to my second choice, and that is Splash Mountain. Have you got this on your list? I, it's not on my list, but it was on the list for you. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I okay. You yeah. might choose <laughs> it's people just think, well, maybe it's just like a log film because you just see one part of it. When they're queuing up, or you know, from the outside, they just see the big drop and they think, "Oh, it's, it's just a log flume." It's so much more than a log flume. It's an entire story that happens to have drop elements in it. You do get a bit wet, and they can control the level as well. I've been on it in Tokyo and Anaheim as well, and they can control how wet you get, so how much water is at the bottom. And at the moment, we've got the story of Brer Rabbit which was originally from Song of the South, so the cartoon element from there. But he is going to be changing to Princess and the Frog in the future. If you're over there, it's still open at the moment, so if you're over there at a moment, uh, or you can get over there soon, then you can still go and ride the original ride, but eventually it's going to be changing to Princess and the Frog. It's quite long for a log flume ride as well, isn't it? It's about nine minutes long. It seems to take forever. I have been on this ride lots of times. I actually really like the bit where you're winding round inside the mountain. What I'm not so keen on is the very large drop at the end. <laughs> so I don't mind the small drops, the very large drop I'm not so keen on. You know, I would ride it over and over again because it's just my kind of thing of a, a dark going through ride. I'm really excited for the Princess and the Frog overlay and I, I will definitely do it again on my fear of the drop. It is one that I do normally wait on a bench and hold the bags while the rest of the family go on and try and spot them coming down. Yeah, that's a good fun game is to try and spot them coming down the drop. Takes your photo as you're coming down anyway, so it's not the end of the world if, if, if no one kind of gets it. But I'd say it's a thrill ride because you've got that big drop but it's not frills all the time. So you've got like a nice mix of having the show side of things. And then you've also got the frill drop. And there's another little bit as well, which is you actually go onto a roller coaster sort of style track and you go down and back up again really quickly. So you actually go out of the water, go up and, and go back onto it. That's a bit different. And yeah, something a bit cool as well. There is a very nice rocking chair in the gift shop. I have spent yeah, quite a few <laughs> nice times sitting in a rocking chair waiting for them to come out. And yeah, it's Okay. Nice themed gift shop too. So my next one is The Haunted Mansion. I absolutely love this ride. And I like the version in the Magic Kingdom at Disney World much more than the one in Paris. I know you probably disagree with me, but I don't really like the creepy cowboys at the one in Paris. I much prefer the one in Orlando. So this, again, great queue area. It was all redone quite a few years ago now. So interactive queue area. And what I really like about lots of the rides and attractions at Disney World is all kind of the backstory. 
So here you have all the tombstones as you walk in. The names on the tombstones are all sort of references to the Imagineers who worked on the ride. We did Keys to the Kingdom tour in the Magic Kingdom. And one of the things they did with that was take you on the Haunted Mansion, but with a little earpiece in. So you weren't hearing sort of the music on the ride. You were hearing your tour guide's voice. So they were completely telling you all the the secrets, how it was made, things to look out for. So there's hidden Mickeys within that ride as well that you can look out for. One of them is in the dining room scene. There are always three plates, so a large plate and two side plates that make up a hidden Mickey. So that's one to look out for. But there are there are some others as well. So yeah, you've gone through your interactive queue and then you're called through into sort of a waiting room and then the stretching room, which I really, really like. You see the pictures that are on the wall, the scenes changing. Well, are you going down or is the room stretching up? You know, so different depending on which park you're in, what happens. And then other thing there that a lot of people miss when you know, the lights, it all goes dark and they flicker. If you look up, you'll see quite a scary sight above you. Maybe don't get the, the kids to, to look up and, and, and see that. And that's the thing is they, it's a ride for all ages, but because it has got that kind of slightly creepy voice with it and it's dark, I some kids don't like it. So there isn't anything gory or anything, but because it is that kind of spooky feel, then they might not be too keen on it. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that it looks scarier and spookier than it really actually is. Because it's on an Omnimove, nothing's actually going to jump out at you. So no, that's right. Yeah. Sort of like there's no sort of like cheap frills and cheap sort of jump scares that's going to happen. It is you're going around and you're going on this tour of the mansion. So yeah, so when you've come out of the stretching room, you walk along and then you're going to get into your doom buggy. So again, seats sort of two people. It's got speakers in the doom buggy, so you've got the narrator's voice coming over. And again, that's a little bit of a, a scary voice, but you know it's meant to be sort of a bit spooky. And then, yeah, say you're taking through the Haunted Mansion. At one stage, your vehicle does turn round and then you're going sort of backwards quite steeply. And at that point in the story, that's when you're meant to have passed over and be one of the ghosts and you're into sort of the cemetery part of of the ride. It's such a cool ride. And I really like just all the hidden bits, the bits like if you want to do the research into the story, you want to see all the things that the Imagineers have put in there for you to see, then you can really get into that or you can just go on the ride. I really like that one. And as you come out of the ride, if you look on the left, there's the pet cemetery, of course. And what can you see in the pet cemetery? Do you know? Oh, I can't remember. Well, you know, there used to be the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, that was Yep. So you've got a little Mr. Toad in the pet cemetery there. So that ride's not there anymore. It was replaced by the Winnie the Pooh ride. So they have a little homage to Mr. Toad by having him in that pet cemetery. Some good photo opportunities near the Haunted Mansion as well. If you've got your photo pass package, then they do some, some quite cool pictures with sort of the haunted mansion overlays on there too yeah and it's such a popular attraction isn't it i think it's right up there with sort of the most legendary attractions if you ask a lot of people even if they've never been to a disney park before i think a lot of them could mention a uh, haunted mansion and of course it's one of the rides that disney then based a film on so had the eddie murphy film based on the haunted mansion 
Yeah, well, maybe we'll gloss over that. Uh, they are, yeah, there yeah, is, it's not a great there film. Is a, there, is a, there is a new one in the works. So eventually we'll get another Haunted Mansion film. Hopefully it might be slightly better than the last yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, how do you think the one in Orlando compares to the one in Disneyland Paris? All the mansions and manors around the world are all in different lands. So over in Orlando, it's in... Liberty Square. Liberty Square. That's the word for it, yeah. Whereas over here in Paris, it's in Frontierland. So they had to adjust it, the story, to make it fit in with the land. Like when you go to Tokyo, it's actually in Fantasyland because it's to do with sort of Japanese beliefs that they don't believe that ghosts are there to scare people. They're old people coming back to revisit you. So it's not a scary experience. It's a nice experience to meet ghosts. So that's why it's in Fantasyland. So it's a bit different. And then in Hong Kong, it's Mystic Manor, which it just takes it to another level. One of your favourite rides anywhere, isn't it? Oh, anywhere. It's absolutely amazing. I've been on it so many times. It's such a great ride. I mean, we can do an entire show just about Mystic Manor and about the things in Hong Kong. But I'd say they're all kind of different and they've all got kind of, the kind of plus points. And it's great to be able to go and do the different versions as well. My favourite one at the moment, because I haven't been to Hong Kong yet, is the one in Disney World. <laughs> Have you been on the one in Anaheim? Yeah. Were you there when they had the Hatbox Ghost? I don't know. I can't remember now. It was an original idea that there was a ghost carrying a hat box and his head would disappear and then appear in the box. And they had it when the ride first opened, Haunted Mansion first opened in Anaheim. They had it, but they just couldn't get the effect to work. So they stopped it. And then I think it was 2015. They managed to work out the technology to be able to bring this little part of the attraction, which never worked, actually made me able to make it work and bring it into the new version of the attraction. So I'll have to look out for that next time I go. So what are you on to next then? So my next choice is the Jungle Cruise. Right. We've duplicated. This is oh, the first one. Also go, have this on my list. I'm surprised you put that on. No, I really like this ride. I think the great thing about it is that it's different every time because it depends on your skipper. Every time you go on it, I mean, it's what, nine, ten minute attraction? So you do get your value for your time because sometimes, you know, if you go on to like teacups or something like that or carpets, you're on there for 90 seconds. Whereas this is, you're on there for nine, ten minutes. So great way of spending some time. It's nice to sit down. And if you've got a really animated and great skipper, they will really make it come alive. Just a quick bit of trivia for you. Richard Nixon used to love going to the Disney parks. I don't know if you know this, but you know his speech where he said, I'm not a crook. That was actually at yeah. Walt Disney World. Wasn't yes, it? I knew that. It yeah. In the convention center. Anyway, on one of his trips, his press secretary used to be a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. So he went on the Jungle Cruise and knowing that his press secretary used to work for Disney as a skipper made him get up and swap over with the skipper and he could remember the spiel and the script from when he did it, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah, Richard Nixon got to choose his own skipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, there have been a few famous or skippers that became famous. So Kevin Costner was a skipper on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. And also John Lasseter, he yeah, had a yeah. job in Disneyland in California as skipper on the Jungle Cruise too. So I think a lot of budding and aspiring actors, that's the job you want to do. If you're working in Magic Kingdom, you know, if you're working on attractions and you want to be an actor or you're a bit of a performer, that's one of the ones that you want to go and do because you can have so much fun. It's the same as working on the Tower of Terror for me is you can have so much fun with working on those attractions. 
they have the kind of script, so the cheesy lines that you're always going to hear every single time you go on it. But they do sort of make it their own and they come up with other things. I mean, I, I have quite a few times, actually, the ride has been delayed. You know, I don't know, maybe unloading is taking a bit longer than usual. So you get held further back in the ride. And so the one liners are just coming out, coming out. So they have to think on their feet and improvise, too. Yeah, or they give you some sort of tips as well about the park. So I remember being told, I oh, don't forget you can get some free water. I remember him sort of going, yeah, it's very sort of tongue in cheek. There was go, you know, nothing's for free in Disney except for the water. So talking about the ride then, so you're going on a river cruise into the jungle, of course. You've got your skipper on board, so they're going to tell you the story. Um, you're going through all the lush vegetation. You're going to see the massive butterflies, the waterfalls. You're going to see the abandoned camp and all these animals, which when they first started up the idea of the Jungle Cruise, they were going to be real animals. Yeah, but I think they kind of realised that in Anaheim, they didn't have a huge amount of space and you know they couldn't really then put the animals into sort of small spaces and also you can't get them to do what you want them to do it's very hard to get an elephant to, to perform for 16 hours a day whereas an animatronic one will gladly stand there and do that kind of thing yeah so you've got lots of great animatronic animals i mean these days you know they don't look quite as good as they used to. i mean i remember the first time i went to the magic kingdom so it was 1979 i went on this ride and i thought it was amazing i've ever seen anything like it before it was i just enjoyed it so much so part of going on this ride for me is the nostalgia of looking back and you know then having gone on it over the years but they are going to refurb it aren't they so we'll have to see what they come up with yeah they're updating it to make it more culturally appropriate so they're not going to be adding in things from the film unless it becomes a sort of super smash they might add in little bits from the new film starring dwayne johnson and jack whitehall's in it as well it's another one, isn't it, where they've got the ride and then they've got the film spin-off. So, I mean, it's already been made. It was due to be released last summer, but then wasn't because well, cinemas were closed. So hopefully it will be released in the next couple of months. I'm really looking forward to it. I do like Dwayne Johnson in films. Yeah, it does look really good. It kind of reminds me a bit of the new Jumanji films, that kind of sort of fantasy. They're in a jungle, but it's a fantasy jungle. You know, I don't think they filmed... They might have filmed it maybe on location, but, you know, it's kind of got a bit of a fantasy element to it. So we'll be yeah, interested no, to see really. what it's all about. And lots of hidden things in this ride as well. So lots of things to spot. You've got hidden Mickeys in there. There's lots of, again, if you can learn the sort of secrets about it. So, you know, the plane that's in the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Do you just see the back half of that plane? So do you know what Disney did with the front part of the plane? It was in the great movie ride, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. So in the Casablanca scene, obviously the great movie ride's not there anymore, but when it was in the Casablanca scene, the front half of that plane, its other half is the one that's in the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, recycling planes. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, environmentally well, you know, friendly of them. Exactly. Yeah. Most of it use the whole plane. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so next time we go, we're both going on that one then. That's uh, on yes, both one, one we can both go on to. When you're queuing up, I like the announcements that they make. And there's a tarantula in a box as well, which I do like moves and things like that. And yeah, I don't really mind spiders, but I know people who don't like spiders and they won't stand anywhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm the same with, I don't like snakes. And even though I know it's not a real snake. There's snakes on the Jungle Cruise as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that actually... You know, because you are in the middle of Florida, you can occasionally see real wildlife uh, in there as well. So you might see real snakes sort of slivering yeah, around you know. <laughs> on there as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, this is a it's a really popular ride, the Jungle Cruise. Well, I mean, this is one again. If fast passes are operating, I would be getting a fast pass for this ride. It's a great ride. It's a classic, but you don't want to be queuing a really long time for it, do you? So I would try and get a fast pass if you can. The queue it doesn't kind of like move that far. It's kind of it's quite a compact queue. So once you kind of see all the little bits, you kind of like yeah, you can just got get through the fast pass queue and then. It's one of those that snakes round and round that you can't actually see. You think, oh, that's not too long, but yeah, then it just yeah. goes round and round and round. So for my next one, I've got to go too far from the Jungle Cruise, just carrying a little bit more into Adventureland to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I this thought this was going to be on your list. This is one where we had the ride, then they made the films based on the ride, and then they adapted the ride to include bits from the films. So yeah, all a bit circular. Again, another classic ride. You're going on a boat ride through all these pirate scenes and you go past Dead Man's Cove. Then you're going to navigate the cannon fire between the fort and the big galleon ship. And then, yeah, through the town and see all the pirate scenes there. And Captain Jack's going to pop up as well. You'll see him as you go along uh, through ride it's a really cool ride i mean they've got versions of it all around the world and they're again they're all different so if you go to any of the versions you go to one in paris or shanghai or anaheim they're all different they're either in different orders or they've got slightly different stories to them so it's great even if you've been to the ones in the other parks it's a great ride to still go on to as well and you just feel like you're in the caribbean don't you you feel like you're in this kind of like slightly dangerous but also quite fun environment it's a dark ride but it's not scary I don't think, I can't think that children would be particularly scared of it. There's a very small drop, but it's in the dark. So that could possibly be a little bit scary, but then it's over, isn't it? And then there's no more drops. It's quite near the beginning and then there's no more drops. So it's over nice and quick. I do probably prefer Pirates in Paris. Can't believe I'm saying that, but it's just, it's a newer ride, isn't it? So they got to do everything that they, they wanted to do first time. Also follows more of a story I kind of found. I don't know if they were just sort of like struggling with the amount of space or things at, but because I'm so used to one in Paris, the story just feels a bit around the wrong way or something like that in Orlando. But it's a definite must do, whether you're in Paris or Orlando. That should be on your must-do list. The only one little thing that lets the Orlando one down is when you get off of it, you then got onto a travelator to get back up, which sort of takes you out of the magic a little bit because pirates didn't have travelators to get back up to things. You just go up a ramp. So to me, that takes me slightly out of the magic. But apart from that, it's still a magical, amazing ride. And out into a gift shop. Of course, into a gift shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good gift shop as well. It's got pirate themed, but loads of really cool stuff in there that kids will like. And adults too. <laughs> of course, yeah. I remember trying on the hats and things like that and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, really you've got to do cool. that. Yeah. Everybody's got a photo, haven't they, with a Captain oh, Jack hat on that you don't actually buy. You just have your photo taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you think before COVID, what we used to do all the time, put on hats in shops and things like that and wigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're probably not allowed to do that now. I don't think so. Not anymore. No. Okay. Now, this one is definitely going to surprise you. I don't think you're going to guess this is going to be on my list, but my number four is Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid. Well, yeah, you have taken me rather by surprise with that one. That was one I nearly included. It's a relatively new ride, but it is a classic dark ride, really, which is really up my street. I think the thing is, for me, I first went on it in California Adventure. I went on a VIP tour of the two parks, and which is one that we could actually walk straight onto. They took us on. And I was just blown away because you're used to the Fantasyland 
dark rides being two and a half minutes at a push and you're on a little car or something that's quite mechanical and you kind of fly over and you know you're kind of just reenacting a few scenes but this is huge this is sort of a six minute attraction so it's much longer than peter pan or pinocchio and snow white those sort of equivalent kind of dark rides but it's just the sheer scale of it and i really do like the songs from little mermaid so yeah really i really do cool. First time I went on this ride was in California as well because it, it, it was there, you know, quite a while before it made it to Orlando. So I was really, really pleased when they redid Fantasyland that this ride made it over. Yeah, and I think just the area as, around it as well. You know, you do feel like you've stepped into another world, and that's something I think before the new Fantasyland sort of came along. I think that was kind of what was missing a bit from Fantasyland. It was kind of all a bit quite samey in all the areas. It is kind of light and day from when you go to the older part of Fantasyland to the newer part and you go to Seven Dwarfs and you go to The Little Mermaid, you see sort of like the castle and everything and it's just really well themed. You do feel like you're inside this world of The Little Mermaid. Brilliant. And it has a nice queue area. I mean, I've never really stood a long time in the queue area. I've just always walked through but it is quite a long queue area and it's twisty turny and there are things to see and do it while you're in the queue until you get sort of into the inside queuing area yeah i think i don't think i've ever queued for that long for it i've ever i might have fast passed it a few times but because it's a bit of a people eater you know that it's constantly going round. it can take a lot of people each hour so the queues are generally quite low on it so it's a great ride to jump onto if you're waiting for example if you've got a fast pass for something else in Fantasyland, and you've got like half an hour to wait or something like that, you could probably go over and go and do a little mermaid within that half an hour and still make it over in time for when your fast pass starts and just that area altogether it's just so pretty all that new fantasy land area you've got sort of be our guest restaurant there but you can see the beast castle from outside going over the bridge and then yeah down to the, the mermaid ride it, it's um and of course you can meet ariel right next door as well can't you yeah i think new Fantasyland is such an amazing expansion such an amazing part of magic kingdom i think a lot of people kind of think you know it's just for little girls but actually you know what you know who doesn't like you know singing along to under the sea you know i think that kind of that works for for everyone not just for little girls yeah. isn't it no no it, i think it's again it's one for all the family it's not at all scary it's just a, yeah a nice ride i do miss toontown that used to be there obviously in that area in new Fantasyland, i always used to like that area but I, yeah i think new Fantasyland is much better really yeah, and now just quickly to the side of that, you've also got the new version of Dumbo, where if you haven't got a fast pass, you go and sort of go and play inside a big tent. And I think that's such a great way of queuing up as opposed to, and then you get a buzz a bit like at a restaurant. And that's just a great way of queuing up because the kids don't realise in the queuing, they're playing, and then they get a buzz to go onto the ride. It's just like a really nice way of queuing. Yeah, as it used to be, it was awful queue area, nothing to do outside. Yeah, so it's a huge, huge improvement. Well, now, because you've chosen some of mine mm-hmm. <laughs> already, I have no more left. Oh, okay. So that was all of yours gone. Okay, so I've just got my last one, and I guarantee you're not. Do you want to try and guess what my last one is? Big Thunder. Big Thunder. Okay, no. No? No. Space? No. Go no. on, then. What, what is I'll, it then? I'll give you a clue. It's in Fantasyland. Okay. This is both mine and my sister's number one thing to do in Magic Kingdom. Give me another clue. 
You mentioned the restaurant that's next door. Belle. Yeah, Enchanted Tales of Belle. This very nearly made it onto my list because I really, really like this. Me and my sister went onto it. We got a fast pass for it and we didn't really have a clue what, what it was. It was our first time going when New Fantasyland was open and we had a fast pass for it and we queued up and we're like, oh, wow, this is really amazing. This The queuing area is just so pretty. You feel like you're in Belle's village and you're walking up to her dad's cottage. Then you go inside. And then I'm not going to spoil it for you because this is probably the most draw-dropping moment I think I've ever had in Magic Kingdom <laughs> when the, I'm just going to say mirror, okay? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything else, okay? But if you've been on the attraction, you know what I'm talking about. I like to work out how things are done. And like, I can, you know, when you go on like the dark rides, I can see on the floor where the lights are, where it triggers it to say it's moved between sections. I know that if, if something's going to jump out, we have to hit a trigger. So I kind of know when something's coming and things at some times, but I couldn't work out how this was done. So I was just blown away. We both just looked at each other. What kind of magic is this? And genuine magic. You know, I was taken back to, you know, being a four-year-old child, just looking at everything, believing this is this is real. This is magic. This is, this is, I'm in Belle's cottage and this has just happened. Then the story then moves on to the castle. Just going back a little bit there. So as you say, when you first go in, you're in a room in Belle's father's cottage and the detail in that room when you're standing waiting to go in is, oh, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a cottage with everything in it. I've been in there at very quiet times when it's just been me and my family. So you can properly look at absolutely everything that's in there. Yeah, the detail is is stunning. I mean, um, why they didn't film the new version of Emma Watson in that queue line? <laughs> they should have just done it there. <laughs> yeah, and then you go through and you have the wow moment. Actually, I, I did exactly the same the first time I went yeah. uh, on that attraction. So at the minute, we're just it's, you're walking through. It's a walkthrough attraction. You're not sitting in a, a car yeah, or a boat. It's a walkthrough attraction, isn't it? It's basically an elaborate meet and greet. The F- it's so much more than that. It is not an elaborate. The goal of it at the end is you're going to meet Belle. But to get to that point, you're going to then, you know, go to the castle. You're going to meet characters who are going to interact with the cast member and you. And then you're going to actually put on a little play. You might get a role in that play. My sister got picked to be a knight in it. So she was standing up there pretending to be a knight. And that is the photo that I have of her when she rings me. Well, I think everyone else in my family has had a role. I, as an adult, you have to do the kind of like, oh, let the children go first. But then I'm always, but then, you know, I'll be yeah. next. They always tease me because it's like, you know, you can't even get to be a horse. <laughs> I think next and then, time you have to go late at night when the kids are maybe a bit tired. So there's less kids yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, that's one of my ambitions I've yet to realize is having a part in the show. And then at the end, as you say, you get to meet Belle, put on the show for her. And then if you're very lucky, you can come home with a Beauty and the Beast bookmark. It's such an amazing attraction. You know, when you go and meet the princesses in the Princess Pavilion and things like that, you go up and you might sort of speak to them for you know a minute or so. But she's there for quite a good amount of time meeting everyone and you're to see all this interaction she is there with you it's such an amazing experience and then beforehand when you are reenacting the play of the film and of the story it's just brilliant i mean if i was a child i would 100 percent believe that i was in the castle there blew my mind (laughs) 
I really, really like it. I do usually try and do Enchanted Tales with, with Belle. And it, yeah, it can be a bit weird if you're just one adult on your own. You have to kind of drag <laughs> the other But uh, the other good thing is they have the PhotoPass photographers are in there in the last room where you have the show. So they take lots and lots of photos during the performance. You can pick up PhotoPass card as you're leaving to link it up to your account. So if you or your children have been in the performance, then they'll have taken lots of photos. So you can just concentrate on watching them and don't actually have to be taking the photos yourself. So that's a really nice touch. Otherwise, I think if everyone was taking photos, it would end up looking a bit like a school play. Parents aren't paying attention to what's actually going on. They're looking for a viewfinder all the time. Whereas, yeah, having that photo fast photographer, you're going to get those brilliant photos, and they know where you know where they're going. People are going to stand. They know what to capture. So amazing, amazing, amazing! Such a brilliant character interaction. Best character interaction I've ever seen. Ever ever been onto, but just the level of detail in that environment and you do believe this is what one thing that disney does better than any other theme park in the world is building worlds and you genuinely believe from the moment you enter the queue that you are i'm not gonna say france because obviously we're talking english but you are in the film and you're in bell's village and that you are now part of the story and then you know can go next door and go to be our guest as well which I think it's probably one of my favourite or second favourite restaurant in Magic Kingdom. I love the story of it. I love the interior of it. I think since they've changed the menu, I don't necessarily love the food for the price point. I think it's one of those things you've kind of got to do once because you see the outside of that castle, how beautiful it is. You want to go and see what's on the on the inside. So I would definitely say go and do it at least once. But I think there are better places to eat. Yeah, if you want food then there are better places to eat but if you want an experience i mean did you try the yeah. gray stuff i certainly did yes is it delicious i think i think i maybe because of the age that i am that that beauty and the beast came out i think when i was 11 i remember going to sit cinema i remember we had it on video i remember it got played to death by my sister and her friends i really really love it i love the concept of it i mean of course when it first opened and it was so hard to get a dining reservation there it was you know one of the places everybody wanted to go and so of course i wanted to go as well so i've been and i've been with different people you know when we've been out there with other families and it's nice to go there when it's people's first time as well because i think it's just so huge the ballroom is gorgeous see it's snowing um, at the back of the room if you're seated in the west wing that's really atmospheric, although it can be a little bit difficult to see your food because it's very, very dark in there. But yeah, so it's it's definitely somewhere you should go and eat. We were quite lucky. Uh, a cast member got us a reservation for lunch. So we were kind of quite lucky because we wouldn't have been able to get a reservation otherwise. So I had a roast beef sandwich. It was really nice roast beef sandwich, which is quite funny because roast beef is what French people call English people a slang. So it was meant to be French food, but actually it's actually the French people call in a slang for English people. So ah. <laughs> breakfast and lunch are classes counter service meals, quick service meals, if and when the dining plan ever does come back. But then dinner is a table service meal and it, it's two credits if you're on the dining plan, which I think is a bit steep. Yeah. I mean, it's an experience. You're going there to do an experience and then, you know, in normal times that you can meet the characters as well. So it definitely is an experience. It's something you're going to do, maybe once you're not going to do it every day no i mean i think i just would compare it with a signature dining experience like somewhere like the california grill which 
again, if we're just talking dining plan is, is two credits the same, it isn't on the same level in terms of the food. It is that experience. It is character dining in that you get to meet the beast at the end of your, your meal, but he's not walking around, not coming and signing autographs at your table when it is only the beast that you can meet and only at dinner. I do prefer the way that's done, to be honest, because I think it's a better picture. You actually get to see, you, know, you get a picture with the beast in a nice environment, as opposed to the beast walking around, standing next to a table that hasn't been emptied yet. Yeah, you always end up with a bit dodgy pictures, don't you, when they're coming to your table, because you're kind of like trying to manoeuvre yourself around the food, and they always seem to come just as you've started eating. And, and then they started doing that a few places now. I think the storybook dining, some of the characters come around, but the evil queen, you get called up to go and meet her. Yeah, I think it just depends on the setting, how easy it is to, to do that and the numbers of people. <laughs> I remember someone who'd never been to any Disney park before <laughs> wanted to do a character breakfast. And they said, so this character breakfast, so Mickey actually has breakfast with you. And I went, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, does he sit down and actually have breakfast with us? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so that just made me chuckle. So if anyone thinks, yeah, no, yeah. no, he didn't. They come around and they come and meet you. So um, yeah. should we compare notes of what we thought each other would have on their list so what do you yes, think we're going to be off topic talking about yeah. dining but yes yeah, so back to the list so should we just recap yeah, what we had and what we thought the other one would have so if i go through mine so yeah. i had mickey's fellow magic a show yeah and um, the jungle cruise which you had too didn't you yeah pirates yeah and um, haunted mansion and peter pan's flight so i thought that you were going to have pirates i got that one right, right I, yeah. I thought you're gonna have carousel progress I really do like it, but yeah, it didn't quite make it in. The, if we were doing top 10, it would have made okay, it in there. Yeah, yeah. Next, Haunted Mansion. So I got that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next was Jungle Cruise. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know me well. And then the last one, I put down Splash Mountain. Yeah, no, I don't like that big drop. Yeah, I kind of thought, or well, maybe you'd kind of that would be like your brave moment. That would be the the moment that you go. I'm not going to go on the Tower of Terror, but I'll go. You know, it's the compromise. Yeah, I do go on it sometimes. The Tower of Terror, I never do anymore. And I really don't like that drop. But Splash, it depends what kind of mood I'm in. To be honest, so sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I mean, if if it's really hot, don't you kind of feel like going on it to cool down a little bit for a place that's built in the middle of Orlando in that heat? There's not a huge amount of water rides at any of the Disney parks, are there? No, I really. I just tend to find that rocking chair in the air-conditioned gift shop calling. <laughs> okay, well that is probably more, than more calling than going on the uh, going on the ride and uh, yeah. going down the drop and getting wet. So my five were Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah, I had that for you. Yeah, Splash Mountain. Yeah, I had that one too. Jungle Cruise. Yes, yeah, I didn't have that. Under the Sea, Journey Little Mermaid. Ah, I don't have that either. And Enchanted Tales with Belle. Yeah, you see, you. I was not good. I was not good at guessing. You've gone a bit off character there, I think. See, because I had, yeah, Splash, Big Thunder. But then I suppose that the ride in Paris is... It's much better Maybe over better here. It is, it's a much better, bigger kind of version of it. So when I go on it in the other parks, it feels a bit kind of smaller. It's still fantastic ride. And if you've never been on the one in Paris or you've been, the trouble is I've been on it so many times. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've been it. So I know every twist and turn. When I go on the ones in the other parks, it's obviously different. And it's not quite as good. If you've been on it once or twice in Paris, you're not going to remember it as well as I am. So still go on it in, in the States. I go on it as well, but it's not the first thing that I go on to. So I also had Space Mountain, and I imagine that's the, the same thing, isn't it? That actually Space Mountain in Paris is a better version. <laughs> 
slightly better version over here in Paris than the one in uh, Space Man. I remember when I was a cast member, I worked at um, Lightspeed Photography for a day or two days, and some Americans had got off of the ride, and they came over and they said, is there anywhere we can go and sit down? <laughs> <laughs> they said they're from Anaheim. We thought this was going to be like our Space Mountain. Yeah, a bit um, more extreme. I, and they said, oh, we didn't realise there was loose. We didn't realise there was all those kind of things in it. So when you go on it, and I was talking to my sister about it, and I said, look, if it wasn't the fact that it was a classic Disney attraction, this would have been replaced years ago. Because mm. as a ride, it's quite an uncomfortable, you know, you're sat down in a weird yeah. position. It doesn't bank like other roller coasters because of the style of roller coasters. So you can't, it's a wild style roller coaster, so you don't bank. So it's not as smooth inside it. The good thing is there is two tracks, so it's kind of it's quite cool. You can go onto the different tracks, but because I always fast pass, it always end up on the same side. It looks so ugly if you've ever seen it with the lights on. You know, I mean, it's not pretty, is it? But then it, when you're on it, you're completely in the dark, so you're not seeing any of that. Yeah, yeah, and there's no one board sound like the one in in Paris. So I've been on the ones in the other parks as well. The only one I haven't been on is the one in Japan because it was closed whilst I was there. I really like the one in Anaheim, but I'm not as fussed about the one in Orlando. I don't know why. I think they upgraded it a few years ago and it has got on board sound now. So it kind of makes it better. And it had a Star Wars overlay when I went as well. So maybe it was just the Star Wars overlay I liked, but it kind of just seems more thrilling ride and you don't have to sit in the strange <laughs> yeah, weird position yeah. as well. <laughs> okay. So the other one I was thinking for you, which I only was thinking because you don't have really anything like this in Paris, is the Tom Sawyer Island. I thought you might like to go over there and explore the caves. Uh, it's not an island, but they do have, you know, the Swiss family tree Robinson thing over here. And then you've got the, the caves as well. Of but course. yeah. Yeah. But you actually, I suppose you actually have to go over to an actual island. You have to take a boat to go across to it. So it's kind of quite a cool kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do quite, a, quite like doing that. It's something to kind of do where you just think, I just fancied walking around. Because sometimes when you're just standing in queues all day, your legs go a bit funnier than that. So I do like walking, getting a bit of exercise done. So yeah, I do, I do like going to do that and it's great to go and do when the parks are kind of quite busy uh, or you just think actually I, I want to take a little bit of a break from going on the actual you know faster kind of rides i want to just sort of do something outdoors it's a great thing i think for kids to do if you sort of set them a little challenge to go and find something you can kind of google and find like things for them to go and find you used to be able to go and find the paint brushes they lay out paint brushes for you in the mornings and then the first people over there could find them i don't think they've done that for quite some time now but and i really like the views that you get back across from Tom Sawyer's Island back across to the park because it feels like you could be somewhere completely different, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like you're in in a theme park. No, it's very true. It's, it's why I like going on like the Mark Twain boats and things that go around the lake. I really kind of like going on those kind of things because it slows you down. It kind of calms you down a little bit and it does take you and put you into a completely different world. And the size and scale of it is just really impressive, isn't it? Well, we did quite well guessing what each other would say and we had a bit more overlap than I thought. Yeah, I think you were quite surprised with some of mine. <sighs> yeah, I think we know each other quite well, but I think when we do the other parks, you'll be probably slightly more accurate with mine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they were really good choices. We'd love to hear, what would your top five be? So if you're going to the Magic Kingdom, what would you include in your top five? So come and find us on Facebook or Instagram, and then you can let us know. Please, if you can, leave us a review. as It helps us get the podcast out to as many people as possible. 
That's all for this week. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure you subscribe. We always say it, but please do make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to find out more about Fairytale Holidays and how you can book your next holiday with us, please visit our website. That's fairytaleholidays.co.uk and you can find all the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and have a magical day. <laughs>